OG of Jets podcasting and blogging is back. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. This is There's Always Next Year with Brian Bassett. I'm back. The real me. Let's not, not make a whole thing of it. And his co-hosts, Chef Travis Milton. Today we're going to be making the students my tasty baked ziti with basil and fresh mozzarella. And Josh Conrad. Oh, my brother, testify. On Play Like a Jet Digital. Welcome back to There's Always Next Year. I'm your host, Brian Bassett. And with me today are Travis Milton and Josh Conrad. Uh, Gentlemen, the Jets just lost to the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, This was a game where if you were watching the pregame, yeah, all the experts had had the Jets, you know, going away with this game. And I don't know, looked like one half of the team got off the bus. I'm not sure about the other half of the team. Um, this was one of the most painful games this year. There's been some very painful games, and we've talked a lot about what this team is and isn't. Um, I tend to, what do I say, uh, like wear my emotions on my sleeve. And so yesterday was not a great, not a great game for me. Uh, I'm pretty up and down with this team and I was mostly down, but like waiting, 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 and it never happened. Josh, uh, what are your feelings when you react to this team? You had some thoughts that I, I appreciated you you shared before we started taping. Um, you seem a little uh-huh. more stoic about these things. Can you uh, talk a little bit about that? Uh, yeah, I, it's an unserious organization. I'll take them seriously when they take themselves seriously. That's where I'm landing. <laughs> I'm I'm just it's a good headspace that I'm in today where I feel like yeah. okay, I could rant and rave and scream and I have. Like there have been moments mm-hmm. for sure, even on this podcast, super frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um where where we are looking at a team that it, it's a coaching staff, it's an organization that just keeps like habitually having the same issues and we're begging for it to change. And until it starts to change, I'm just going to go to UConn basketball games and enjoy the fifth banner going up at, at Gamble pavilion and enjoy <laughs> beating Northern Arizona by 40 points. Right. And yeah, when right. this team wants to be like, I'm learning this with my kids. My boys are five years yeah. old in the middle of a tantrum. If I just yell back, like nothing good is going to happen. I go, okay, why don't you go take some space? Let me know when you're ready to talk. And when you're ready to talk, we can have a we can have a productive conversation. So New York Jets, when you're ready to have a productive conversation about the way forward, awesome. Then I will invest invest emotionally. For now, I've cashed out my emotional um, investments and will hold them um, yep. until they you're want putting to take them in crypto. Seriously, you're putting them in, in, in putting, your emotional um, Bitcoin for for stability. All of my, <laughs> we're in a hyperinflationary my, period. Got it. Got it. Yes, I'm. I'm smartly just putting it all in Dogecoin, and once Dogecoin uh, goes under, then I will cash out from that, and I will put it back in the Jets. But until then, Emotional Robert Sala, yeah. Joe Douglas, uh, Nat Hackett, uh, offensive line, um, anybody else that's affiliated with anybody the team right not now, being Robert Garrett Sala, Wilson or Brees Hall, any, right? yeah, yeah. Those are the two guys, Sauce Gardner, DJ Reed. It's really, honestly, I am happy and fulfilled by the defense. Those guys will get my heart. This offense gets none of me until they take themselves seriously. I love it. That is so emotionally mature, and I'm sitting over here in a broken ashen heap. Travis, (laughs) are you you in the ashen heap, or are you in the, uh, there's a tantruming five-year-old at at your feet? Where, Where are you? I'm split between the two. I mean, 
I've I've had more fulfilling times dealing with bouts of diarrhea than I did watching that <laughs> game last night. Like, <laughs> well, because there's terrible. a there's a I there's mean, a relief there's a relief when you get through that. Bout, exactly, right? there's a relief. <laughs> um, and then odds are, you know, I went to Cheesecake Factory or Chipotle, as I've talked about. Like, I mean, mm. it's an exciting diarrhea. Um, <laughs> But at the same time, you know, like like Josh was saying, you know, the the thing that pisses me off is, you know, I I skipped out watching a UVA basketball game last night where they they mm-hmm. won by thirty. And, you know, it's not mm-hmm. as not as big of a win as UConn had, but still, you know, my my niece is running the 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 dance and cheer crew. You know, she's choreographing. I could have sat there and saw my niece and you know watched right. a, a great basketball game and you know. Instead, I watched the Jets just shit the bed again, and it, it right. where where's the where's the point where you just go, you know what? I've got better things to do with my life, and it just irks me that it's just con- constant that I don't think Woody Johnson sees that. Of there's there's better things for people to do than watch this team shit the bed, you know, sixteen, seventeen well. weeks a year. And, he's too busy. You know, he's too busy thinking about what that. next week's what's next week's jersey going to be. That's what that's what what he's thinking mm. about, right? We don't want to yeah. care about the wins and the losses. What's the jersey going to be? Because that's what yeah, really matters. Well, I mean, I would like better jerseys. I mean, but at the same time, I'm not going to fucking buy them if you guys are <laughs> dog shit. You know? Yeah. No. It was there. There was this moment where, like, l- listen to, to to listeners of this podcast. I know many of you go to the games religiously and I have the utmost respect for people who take time and treasure and, you know, and, and go to those games and have season tickets and who cheer. And I mean, I cannot believe up until well into the fourth quarter, how engaged and how loud the fans were at that game. And I was so proud of the fact that they were, hanging on and cheering and being loud, you know, until not the bitter end, but, but, you know, as far as Jets fans concerned, like that was, that was pretty, they were pretty good at staying engaged and trying to be the 12th man. And, but at the same time, as I sit on my couch, you know, I'm obviously hundreds of miles away from the stadium. And I just was like in my, in, you know, pajamas and I'm just like laying there and I'm like, you know how satisfying it feels to be watching this on TV and not actually being there because I don't have to go sit in the car and go across the, you know, whatever, the bridge, you know, the Verzano Narrows Bridge or something like that and just hate myself, hate myself, you know, as I fight traffic to get out of the stadium on a Monday night at the beginning of a week and then, you know, like, you know, be miserable at work on Tuesday. I was like, I really enjoy the fact that I just get to watch this on my couch. Like, but God bless the fans who go like, so because it's just the level of dedication. I will fully admit that I don't have. And, and right to your point, Josh, and right to your point, Travis, like people spend a lot of time and money on merchandise and supporting and the tickets and whatever. And it's like, what are they giving us? And I understand they're trying to give us Aaron Rodgers, but like, I think one of the things, one of our biggest criticisms of this year of this team is uh, Travis kind of, you talked about it like, you know, earlier on and, you know, before, even before we were taping today, it's like how we, this defense was great last year and they made a couple weeks and the offense was 
bad last year and they made a couple tweaks, but largely the biggest areas they just did not address or, you know, have not been able to address. This team is mostly the same as last year. Um, And so like, it just feels like what? There's nothing we can do about it at this point. Right. And we're past the trade deadline, but like, it just is so frustrating that, that we're, we're in this place and, Right. Aaron Rodgers wants to come back and I want him to come back and play because it's it's going to be better than whatever we see. But like, what is he coming back to play for? Like a Cleveland, you know, an away Cleveland Browns and away Patriots game where we're, you know, not in the running because we can't beat the freaking Chargers who I get it. Like Bosa's coming back to form and, you know, Khalil Mack is is warming up. But like, you know, losing losing 27 to six to the chargers, like where their defense is atrocious, like regardless of Bosa and whatever, like that defense has been atrocious to date this year. And their offense while good was clearly, you know, managed. And I'm, I'm not going to hang that 27, you know, I mean, number one, cause there was a punt return and then just number two, because you know, how long do you expect this team to, to hang on? But like, there's no answers and you know and then we get the kind of like you know the 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 solid reactions on the sidelines where look like to his credit he's not out there you know doing the brian dable you know gesticulations and yelling at his players on the sideline and like it's not my fault i'm a great coach i coached josh allen once like that's not what we're getting from dable but we kind of get these like teeth grinding jaw clenching uh uh, Chris Farley driving the bus at the beginning uh, in Billy Madison, where he's like, <laughs> "You precious kids, like turn this field, turn, turn this bus around." Like, like you get that kind of a seething, seething hatred underneath what's happening, and it's like that's a whoa, that's a big reaction from Salah. Like, wow, he's really mad at the team right now. Like, um, I mean, what are we left with, Josh, at this point? Like, as you say, like, <sighs> do we just? We we kind of do our do our bare minimum diligence of this team through the end of the year, or like I mean, is this just there was a lot of emotional things that kind of led up to this game, um, and you know, and and they're going to figure it out at the Raiders, at the Bills, against the Dolphins, against the Falcons, you know, like you know, like what are we left with? Are you just like nah, I, I think the our playoff that our our playoff hopes died. Uh, against the Chargers at home on on Monday night. What what do you think? Yeah, I don't think they died, but here's here's defensively like we we are a top 5 defense. Like there's no question. Mm-hmm. Even when the offense puts us in awful situations, um that defense rose to the challenge. Justin Herbert was not comfortable all night. They made just enough yeah. plays. Um it was toward the end of the I think it was before the um, the the Zach Wilson sack and fumble at the very very end, but before that, their offense had a hundred and eighty something yards that they had put together, and so like this is a very very good defense. The problem is they are completely hamstrung by this offense. The offense cannot do a single thing. Um, the pre snap penalties were were atrocious. The kind of um. Just oh, so many yeah. times felt like, oh, Brees, Brees got loose for 12 yards while well, it's coming Whoops. back because of a block in the back, which was a touch foul. But like th- those keep those mistakes keep happening. And at some point it's Robert Sala and it's Nat Hackett and it's the offensive 
um, coaching staff, like if you, if we, if we cannot minimize these mistakes um, and just, and, and just get out of our own way on so much of this, um, we're not going to go anywhere. So I don't think the hopes are dead, but I do think we still aren't fully just, we are not leaning into who we are as an offense. We are a Brees Hall offense. Like this is, think about Derrick Henry on the Titans. That's the level of player and the level of production that I think that guy would get if we would fully commit to the fact that Zach Wilson is not a dynamic quarterback. And we are not willing to admit that yet. And so until we're willing to admit that, um, we're going to be hamstrung. and We're going to keep trying to let Zach have opportunities and keep giving him chances. Um, I know, Travis, in a minute we can certainly talk about just – not even so much struggle on the offensive line. It's just we've had really bad offensive line luck. Makai Becton has not panned out. He's he's had injury troubles. ABT has injury troubles. And so we're constantly cobbling a line in front of them. But when you give Brees Hall the ball, seven out of ten times, he's getting at least four or five yards, if not more. And so until we're willing to fully commit to being a running offense that occasionally passes, um, then you're just not going to get – the the offensive points that I mean, we, the, the idea, the illusion of getting to 20 points right now feels so far away from where this offense is. And like to all the things you just said, like, you know, Joey Bosa starting to get back that defense coming in yesterday was 29th, um, according to DVOA, <laughs> 29th in DVOA. Right. Like there, that means three teams are worse than them in the entire league. And so there is just no excuse for an offense that has a guy like Brees Hall um, has dynamic play playmakers like Garrett Wilson to not just fully lean in and go, this is a bad defense. Let's, let's do what we do the best right now, which is just commit to running the ball. Yeah. And until we're going to do I, that unserious organization. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. One thing to say about the Brees Hall, the Derrick Henry comparison, I think it's a good comparison just in terms of like, this is a, you know, generational or potential generational player. Um, I think the big difference, obviously, Henry is a super bruiser and he can catch passes, but he does, they do not often employ him in that way. Brees is absolutely at his best on these short, you know, two yard, you know, average yards uh, per attempt pass to him. Uh, you know, so somewhere near the line of scrimmage where it's a dump off or it's a shovel or whatever. Um, and then he, you know, he, and then he, and he's in, got a little space and then he just needs to beat one man and it's a 20 yarder, right? Like that, like it's that, you know, the Bill Walsh, the passes, the, you know, the pass can be the version of a passing game can be running game. Like it's that, it's that concept, right? Like where use him as your running game, but you know, through the air, like, yes, he can run the ball. Yes, the line's atrocious. Because the line's atrocious, let's run some screens, more screens to this guy, uh, set him up and like, you know, maybe use Alan Lazard in the one way in which he's good, which is blocking, because catching he is horrific at. Oh my gosh. Like I thought we were getting a different guy. And maybe he is a different guy with Aaron Rodgers behind him, but Lazard's basically, you know, dead on arrival play this year. Corey Davis ghosting the team like it took a group that was semi legitimate. uh, Well, you know, legitimate with Garrett Wilson and some semis kind of, you know, behind him. And it's just thrown it into despair. And it's just just bracket Wilson and, you know, expect him to be amazing or 
Zach Wilson, you know, throw it, throw it a hitch late and out of bounds, you know, so that Garrett Wilson has to basically dive out outside of the the field of play to, you know, potentially make a catch. Like, you know, like it's like what what what's happening? And so I don't know. But like, yeah, I just wanted to say that thing about Brees. I mean, a lot of things. But Travis, thoughts on kind of Josh's thoughts? Um, I mean, it's. On, on a cursory level, it seems like these these problems are are almost isolated, and and you know there's there's fixes, but it's so many things compounded into these isolated things that I don't see any fix anytime soon. You know that, that's going to make any difference. You know, um, you've got teams that are completely selling out on Wilson and just, just, you know, loading the box, you know, that's, that's making it harder for Brees Hall. And, and I'll even give Dalvin Cook a little bit of credit on this, you know, they're, they're just loading the box. So, I mean, there, there's not a lot of room for these guys. There's, there's no deep threat at all. And if there is, we're not utilizing it, whether it be Xavier Gibson, Brownlee, uh, or even Malik Taylor, um, we're, we're, we're not using anything, you know, any, any, there, there's no chance that we're throwing the long ball. Like you, you haven't even seen really any attempts at it. Um, the pre-snap penalties, you know, a lot of that went back. If you noticed Zach Wilson was running somewhat of a hurry up and was, was making the, making a lot of calls at the line. A lot of those pre-snap penalties go back to people not being in place which I have to think has something to do with Zach Wilson being opened up a little bit more, which is something we've been asking for. Um, mm. The offensive line is, is such a, a hard, hard problem to fix at this point. Um, because, you know, what we did address, we addressed with bad players and we leaned into what Aaron Rodgers wanted by getting, you know, somebody like Billy Taylor or Billy Turner, Turner um, yep. who's freaking horrendous. I, I can't, I can't, there's not enough time in a week <laughs> in the universe. Talk the <laughs> amount of shit that I want to talk about Billy Taylor, or Billy Turner. I don't know why. <laughs> don't, yeah, don't even, don't even apologize for saying his name wrong. It's fine. It's fine. Um, you know, I, I went on this, this, long discussion in our, in our jet thread, which I know both of y'all saw about how offensive line problems aren't just one, aren't, aren't mm-hmm. correct. It, it's collective. You know, Billy Turner makes Max Mitchell, who is making his first start at right guard worse, which makes Joe Tipman worse because worse. he's trying right. to worry about now Max Mitchell on his right side who doesn't necessarily know what he's doing, and then a guy on his right side who should know what he's doing more, who who is just complete and utter dog shit is giving him a fucking compliment. Um, when you move, in, and, and it just compounds all the way left. So you've got Lake and Tomlinson more isolated, which he's played a lot better you know, with, with more consistent right guard play, it helps him on the left guard. Uh, and then Becton, so, so on and so forth. So, like, just, just one little thing on the offensive line compounds. And, 
you know, to be honest, I thought the line played decent considering that, considering what was against them, considering Max Mitchell, first time playing guard. Uh, he's not built to play guard, but he is our best option. Um, Billy Turner just completely being terrible. Uh. Tipman probably not being healthy coming back. And Zach Wilson making calls and changes at the line that might not be correct for the situation. Like yeah. it was, I thought the offensive line played decent. He had, he had two and a half, three seconds. Like he had time to get rid of the ball. Um, we just did not capitalize off of it. And he is still not at a point where he can capitalize off of any time that he's given. Um, and then the wide receivers, like you talked about, Lazard, freaking, like, God, terrible, stone hands. Um, it's it's just so many Uzoma, things. Uzoma, Uzoma. Yeah, like, dude. He had a couple catches, but the but the drops were just like, ah, uh, mm-hmm. get out of the building. And, like, just don't even come and back. And, you know, some of, some of the drops, like, I'm not going to put on the wide receivers. Some, like, Zach Wilson was not very accurate last night. No, there, it was there horrible. Were yeah. I, even the passes that were catches were n- nowhere near well no. placed. Yeah, no. uh, like, like yeah, like the well yeah, timed. Yeah. yeah, Josh, like the like the like those those um Garrett Wilson passes to the boundary where right where it's it's short side of the field. You got to place that ball long, but like inbounds, yep. right? You can't you can't miss because basically like you're just you're he's not going to have the space to drag his toes on the short side of the field and he did it and he didn't put it long he put it towards the boundary and i understand hey yeah. no interceptions but guys you know four four fumbles and then yeah you can't place the ball so it was just like and then and then there were like i'm sure you saw this too josh like there were balls in the second half like i think third end of third fourth quarter that were Breaking yep. hospital balls. Oh my gosh. Yes. Like, I was so worried that Garrett Wilson was just going to get knocked out of that game. It was ridiculous. Yes. There was one, there was a slant that he very quickly got separation from the corner and only had a, I think a single high safety. Um, that, oh yeah. First of all, it was about six yards away from Zach and Zach still somehow threw it five yards over his head. That if he had caught it, one of two things happens. 65 yard touchdown or Garrett Wilson is in the concussion protocol. Like we, we are, we are risking, thankfully for him. Like I am grateful today. Garrett Wilson did not die yesterday because it was very possible with some of those passes in the places that he was being put. And listen, he's willing to like that guy showing a willingness. Like I want to die for this team. I really want to be a playmaker, but we, the, the, the scheme in which we are putting him in um, with a, you know, a lack of another explosive receiver with trustworthy hands staring right right at you, Alan Lazard, like puts him in this position of, well, we got to send him over the middle and we got to put him, um, like you just said, running right into a defender. um, Right. Because he's running into a defender. So he's going to get that backside hit. He's going to get that backside hit when he's running a post or something like that. Like he is going to get clocked. And, and, and I'm sorry, Zach, like, I know he's a great receiver, but you cannot put him into the concussion protocol. And that's going to happen if we keep going down this road. Like, I mean, I do not want to see it, but I'm just saying based on his carelessness, those throws, I will yeah. be shocked if, if Garrett Wilson does not have a cushion before the end of this I, year. I wonder, so I wonder, yeah, I wonder too, like I, I'm, 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 
the scheme, the scheming, it's, it's really, I, so I left the UConn game and I have the second, the second half on, um, mm-hmm. on my phone, um, or I actually got, I caught, I caught just before halftime as well on my drive home and then finished watching it at home. But it also just felt like, you know, situate, we've talked about it in the past, situational football, not one of our strengths. Um, shockingly, like we, we don't really seem to adjust to the situation, um, that the game is presenting to us. And so down 14, nothing early, um, a couple little drives, you know, the Greg Zerloin, um, field goals, but the scheme in which when we start to approach the red zone, like that specific situation to me is so frustrating to watch us drive down the field seem like Zach is is driving the ball from his back leg getting the getting the ball to guys in space and then we get to like the 27 yard line and everybody just freaks out like everything in the scheme and execution (laughs) just starts going haywire Zach takes two sacks and now we're punting the ball and so there's just something about that specific situation I don't know if it's anything in in Nat Hackett's playbook or what what we're doing once we start to approach the red zone we just start freaking out like 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 sixth graders at a at a at a at a you know a sock hop dance like we just don't know what to do get across the floor we get halfway there and we just freak out and start screaming at the top of our lungs so I don't know what's going on scheme wise once we start seeing momentum on a drive um, and approaching the red zone but that is killing us like we can't we can't keep putting ourselves at the 26 yard line and then end up that drive at the 43 yard line. Like that's, that's where yeah. every drive seems to be going and dying. Travis, did you see in the second half, uh, it must've been um, third or fourth quarter. I can't remember. I don't even want to remember. Like there was the, <laughs> there were, the, there were two series where it was Zach. Like we were in field goal range. Zach uh, basically just needs to caretake the ball for two plays uh, he gets. He ends up getting sacked twice. I believe in both yes. of those plays. Back to back. It's back to back plays. Brees yes. Hall it's, was open on both of them. Yes. I know. Yes. Exactly and what you're and about. it's like, thirteen. It's thirteen personnel, right? It's thirteen personnel, yep. which means three tight ends. So it's like I, I don't yep. know what else to call that other than double max protect. Like I don't know what else to call that. And none of those guys, none of those guys ran routes. Uh, so like, so you've got. Nine guys, excuse me, eight guys. You've got eight guys blocking, and then right, maybe an optional if Brees has to pick up a chip or something like that. But yeah, like so, so Zach does not know what to do. Like you've got one receiver, Garrett Wilson, kind of on the right side of the formation, and it's like okay, so so the ball is going is supposed to go to Garrett Wilson on this play because we're double max protecting or whatever you want to call that thirteen. And, um, and like, so you know where the ball is going. You know where the ball is going. You've got no distractions other than Brees Hall. Yeah. If you could get it to Brees Hall, that'd be great. But like, you can't get, you can't get it to the one receiver that you have on the field. And then none of the tight ends are doing anything to help, uh, other than just, you know, not be able to stand up to their blocks. And then the, the outlet, right? Brees Hall, he doesn't even see. Like, what was going through your brain at that point? I mean, the, the the first thing I, you know, I'm I'm generally like counting how like when when I when I watch a drop back, like first thing I'm doing in my head is I'm counting because that's generally. I mean, mm-hmm. when when I played, that was the that was what I was doing. Like right. obviously, you know, right. paying attention to what's going on, but I'm counting in my head how long I am able to hold stuff because I can't obviously see what's going on behind me, but I can feel and see and you know. But I'm counting in my head how long it's taking to, to, you know, to finish the drop back, get the ball out. And there was one of those two plays you're, you're talking about where, where Brees, uh, slipped out to the right, wide freaking open, 
everybody has sold out on Wilson or they are uh, uh, they were coming weak side and Brees is wide freaking open and he took a sack for you know eight yards um, and it's right in front of him um, you know I I it's it's just I, he, it's not going to click I mean the dude is playing I, I saw I saw somebody on Twitter say this like the dude is playing at backup level like we have gotten him to what I think his ceiling is like he is he is yes. a a backup quarterback like that is what Zach Wilson is going to be Zach Wilson is going to never be better than Trevor Simeon and yeah I talked about that on the mailbag like I don't know who I trust more out of the two mm. or Tim Boyle um they're all pretty much the same level of shitty in different ways right um yeah which flavor but, of, but, of shit do you, you know want? It, yeah Exactly. Yeah, sorry. Keep um, but my thing is, you know, with the with the whole, you know, uh, well, Aaron will be back. Aaron will be back. Those those plays, yes, like uh, the the adage is real. Like any, you know, every play is important. Um, it's one or two plays that win a game, sure. But those, you know, couple of plays, if you had Aaron Rodgers in there, yeah, the ball would have been out quicker. He probably would have seen Brees Hall. That would not have changed a ton of the outcome of the game. Um, I'm not sold on, you know, Aaron Rodgers being the savior of this team. Like I'm, I'm, I don't get me wrong. I'm stoked. Um, but there's so many other problems. Like, like you said earlier, like this is still pretty much the same team that we had last year. We're not just one player away. We weren't one player away last year. Um, and Zach, Zach's not going to be better than he is right now. Um, I've, I've seen him get better. I will give him that. Um, Mm -hmm. But I don't. I, I think we're we're seeing his ceiling. I, I mean, we're we're eight games into the season, and we've thrown eight. Tu- we've scored eight touchdowns. Like that's that's horrendous. And Nat Hackett is, you know, he is what he he is what we we he's a known commodity. Right. He right. is Adam Gase part two. Only he's not our head coach. Like he's literally here because Aaron <laughs> wants him here. Um, He's going right. to do what Aaron he's, tells he's him not to going do. to do things. Yeah, he he's going to do right. Exactly right. He he is he is a servant or a foot servant or to say to to Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers is the true caretaker or kind of you know knowledge manager or whatever you want to say of this offense and Nate Hackett serves there to whatever you know run through the algorithms and and you know pop up the you know the the choices for him and then Aaron you know, declines the three that he doesn't want and takes the one he wants. Yeah, as we've said and, multiple times, you know, Zach Wilson is it's basically like you're you're with a with a Nate Hackett and a Zach Wilson, you're just uh amplifying both, right? You get you get worse of the same, right? Like you're just getting more of bad Zach Wilson, you know, in these kind of circumstances, right? Like there's no one to no guardrails for Zach in this in this scenario is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, and and GM Aaron, we like we we've seen what what that does, like we saw it in in Green Bay, like what placating Aaron to the extent that we are does. Yeah, you get a great quarterback, but the dude, I mean, he was the one that lobbied for Billy Turner. I have to say, it, it, it's got to be either him or or Nate Hackett. Dude is dog shit. There were other people on the market, and we went after him. Alan Lazard, right. huge contract right at the beginning of the season. We know damn well that was that was Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, signal. You know, yeah. He, he, these players that we signed aren't doing anything other than placating a player that we have on the bench. And like you said, like 
it's it's just a culmination of the same thing, only worse, because none of these players have any reason to be on the team other than to just make Aaron Rodgers happy. And him showing up and giving vibes is only going to get us so far, you know, if, if you don't have talent. That's like me walking Here's... into the kitchen every day, getting everyone into a good mood and going, yeah, we're going to kill service. But if I've got cooks that can't do shit other than, than serve a burger at, at, at Burger King, it doesn't fucking matter what kind of mood they're in. Right. Mm. Here, here's, here's what I'm realizing. Sorry, I came the in longer, there a little bit. No, no that was good. great. It's good. You got to vent. You got to get it out. Um, it's part of the healing process, my friends. So I um, I do <laughs> I think this is our group therapy. It's actually not even for a podcast. It's just for the three right. of us to have uh, you know, good work life balance and good mental right. health. But, um, there, there is like, I'm realizing it more and more as the season's going along, how little and thin of a plan we had. Um, it was like you just said, let's bring in Aaron and kind of his guys and just entrust the whole thing to him. And I'm not even saying that that was a bad decision, but yeah, I, I think like, it was plan A, it was plan B, and it was plan C. And so now we're down to plan D, um, and we're we're experiencing what it looks like when a team doesn't have some contingencies. You know what was most frustrating for me, um, thinking back to the full weekend, um, it's another team, it's another situation, so I know it's not apples to apples, but from where the Vikings went, the moment Kirk Cousins went down, bring in a guy like Josh Dobbs, we're going to start this rookie, um, he gets hurt, Josh Dobbs has to come in, literally knows none of the offense, knows none of the players, and is just able to play football. Like, he's just able to play football. And so I think so often we just get so enamored with a guy like Zach who has all these um, – all of the he can make all the throws and the intangible on yeah. platform. He's a five tool. He's a five tool like, player. He's a five tool awesome. player. It's like cool. Yeah, great. Perfect. Right. Yeah. Like it's the AAUification of football. Is like let's get the specialist in and bring in all of his potential skills and all the ways that he can play. And it's like end of the day, like hey, can this guy just play football? Like Josh Dobbs, like he may not be at the top of all your rankings and all of your recruiting numbers and blah 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 but he comes into minnesota in a literal just come right up off the bench yeah, air get a helmet he's literally just, parachuted onto that sure. roster like and, yeah. <laughs> and like that guy is able to lead them to a victory like scrambles out of the pocket runs for 60 something yards gets him in a position to win a football game and i'm like are, like, I yeah. feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Like, I feel like Mugatu right yeah, now. But like, he's, right, but he's insane. worth like a late, yeah, he's worth like a late, like a, I don't even know what they got from like a fifth or a sixth round pick, right? And that guy's but been on even five that, teams. He's been on five right. teams in two years. In two years, yeah. he's been on five teams. Like, what? And, but they don't value that. They don't value that. No. NFL doesn't value that. They value Zach Wilson, right? Like, what? Yeah. what well, we here's doing? the thing. Also, Zach, well, you, you, this goes back again to the Aaron Rodgers factor. Like, you know damn well part of the reason that they stuck with Zach Wilson was because if they went and got somebody that was going to play good football, you are put in the situation of next year of, oh, well, you went out and got Josh Jobs. He took you to the playoffs. He, he's got a good rapport with the team. You're back in the situation you were with Mike White of you've got this mm-hmm. guy, the team loves him, the team did great, you, you've made it to, you know, you, 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 you were in contention, played well. Aaron's coming back. He's old. Are you going to swap out the two? And then, you know, what happens when Aaron starts losing? You know, right. they didn't want to put themselves in that situation, so they placated, again, by not 
pissing off Aaron Rodgers and going, you know what, no, we're putting your quote-unquote new protege in here. You're going to talk to him. You're going to be his, yeah. his Obi-Wan Kenobi. And there's not going to be any kind of issue next year because we know that he's not going to play well enough to, to unseat you at any point. By the time you're retiring, we can have a new quarterback, new plan in place, blah, blah, blah. But that's I, that's what it boils down to. It goes down to, like, we're, all of their issues go to the fact that we are just placating one person who is not even playing football. And, yeah, and, and I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm happy Aaron Rodgers is here. But a lot of these problems go to the fact that Aaron is here. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, and that that was the choice that they made. As opposed to because, like, let's just be honest, like, that's the expedient choice you you make when your back is to the ball as a head coach and a GM. And, like, I, I can't wait. Let me be clear. I cannot wait to see Aaron Rodgers play football for this team. I, I'm excited for those days. I think this team is going to win more than they are currently, you know, with a with a quarterback of his caliber, even at his even at his age. That said, like. What you don't get to do is, you know, reboot the organization again, you know, if you're if you're the head coach in the GM like, you know, yes, the 2020 class 2022 class was amazing. And and we are thankful that we have, you know, those those guys on the team that said, like, you only get but so much rope to work with here. And so, right, if they had to reboot like that was not going to go well uh you know for the organization and so so now right they're in this place where they've they've made their bed here and and this is the this is the situation that they're that they're gonna have to deal with and and guys like i want to talk a little bit about it before we before we uh go away here but um i i i'll just say this i wish josh mcdaniels was still the head coach of the of the oakland raiders like like they they're gonna get Mm -hmm. a surly antonio pierce Max Crosby led uh, team uh, that that is that is going to smell blood in the water, right? And they are, I mean, like Zach was Zach was sacked eight times in this game, and yes, mm-hmm. some of them were on Zach because he was holding the ball too long. Some of them was just on the fact that yes, you, you're pl- you're actually in a position where you've not done enough for this roster that you have to start Billy Turner um, because you weren't willing to give up a fifth rounder for I don't know whoever that good guard that was traded you know right at the deadline like in, thank ezra you yeah as ezra cleveland that you're not that you're not going to give a fifth rounder for ezra cleveland okay cool good. he wasn't That's a good great. fit bullshit yeah exactly and then like hey guys like it would have been awesome if we got Devonte. okay yeah it would have been awesome if you got Devonte, but they were too busy cleaning house because they were you know whatever taking phone calls about Devonte. so like so yeah, yes, I love the story. I mean, we we got it, we got it. You know, Jets organization. You tried to get Devonte, but you didn't get him. You didn't get him. So like, so you know, what are we supposed to do here at this point? Like, like console ourselves with the fact that Devonte Adams isn't on this team. Thanks. I, I, you actually could have done something, right? Convince Corey Davis to come back. Just anything, anything. Just signs of life, guys. So um, so yeah, I like. Now they're in this weird middle spot, which is the place you never want to be, right? Where it's like they're not bad enough to get a Caleb Williams or a Drake May, but good enough, you know, to really truly contend for the playoffs or have something, you know, worth playing for when Aaron Rodgers, you know, if 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 and when Aaron Rodgers is able to to return this year. I mean, they've skated, right? They've skated through a couple games here 
um, with some wins and wins win. We're not going to give back any of those wins, but like, you know, Josh, to your point last week, like we get that level of Zach Wilson where like, you know, he's going to do just enough or, you know, start his term paper the night before or, or, you know, however, however you want to term it. And, but like, yeah, last night, because, because that's the level that we, that we get here, you know, we're, we're, we're in a situation where like, you know, sometimes it just doesn't show up. Like it, like I was watching that game last night and uh, you know, I hated reading the book, the book or the play when, when I was in high school, I'm sure some of you all read it too. There was this play by Samuel Beckett called waiting for Godot. You probably read it in, I don't know, 11th or 12th grade or something, maybe at least I did at my school. And it's this absurdist play, but these two guys who are waiting for this guy Godot to show up and he never shows up. And it's like, every time I watch his game, it's like waiting for Godot. It's like, I'm waiting for this guy mm-hmm. to show up that maybe will show up, but like, we don't know. So we're just going to hang out here and, you know, just be miserable. And like the suffering feels longer, the longer time goes and the suffering makes time longer as a result of suffering. Right. Like, so, so like time goes slower when you're suffering. Uh, and, uh, yeah, but like we all suffer uh, over time. So, um, so it's like this, insane idea. And like, that's what I felt like watching that game for me last night. So, Josh, I'm glad. I'm glad that you're in a good place where you're like, I'm ready to take them serious. And and I, I hope that I'll get there by next week by the Raiders game. But yeah, I, uh, the, I don't know. Do you have any, thing, any final words for us? Any thoughts? Yeah. yeah. The, be- the, be- the best thing I would suggest for you, Brian, um, is, mm. is just become a UConn basketball fan with me. Okay, um, great. Just ah, come yeah. along. Come along for the, for the, even, let's just do this. Let's do non-conference schedule. So UConn's non-conference schedule is super fun. Um, couple cupcakes for the next week or two, but then they're going to Kansas. They play North Carolina at MSG. Uh, they're playing Gonzaga. Like there's a lot of fun games for UConn coming up. And so I would just suggest for the remainder of this football season, or at least until, um, they want to just take themselves seriously and they want to look in the mirror and take an honest assessment of the decision making, um, of Zach Wilson the decision-making of Nat Hackett, um, the scheme, the execution um, from everybody on the offensive side of the football. Um, until then, I will be most excited when the Jets are on defense, and I will mainly ignore them when they're on offense. Um, and I will, I will watch and go to UConn games, enjoy the fall weather. The leaves are beautiful. Yeah. Um, holidays are coming. There's a lot of things to be grateful for in our lives, boys. We don't have to let yeah. – listen, my niece, my niece in her, her favorite catchphrase, I'm using it more and more in my life – don't yuck my yum. This offense is yuck, and my yum is the defense, and you come basketball oh and family, so you're not going to yuck my yum. I'm just going to be a happy, content man until you guys want to seriously um, address the issues on the offensive side of the ball. Until then, I'm going to enjoy the fall, UConn basketball, and my family. Scratching Jonathan between the ears, right? Yes. Oh, I love me some Jonathan. Got to pet him <laughs> last night. Sweet, sweet you little did. puppy. Oh. Sure did. That's my guy. Uh, Travis, any any parting words, any words of wisdom for us or words of, of um of what's the opposite of wisdom? Folly. Any words of folly? Maybe you have some words of folly. No, I I, I I'm realizing now that I am much more curmudgeon y than I was letting on earlier, if, if you didn't realize based off my <laughs> tirade. Um Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm gonna keep watching the team. Like I'm I'm I, I'll say, like, I mean, like, I've got players I love on the team. I love, like yeah, Josh yeah. said, I love watching the defense. The defense um, is amazing. Um, I'm, 
I'm much more in, engaged in what's going on, you know, than than I was in past years. The one thing that kills me though is like there's no. I really don't have as much faith in this past draft class. Like I'm not looking at this draft class like you know in past years where I'm like, man, I can't mm-hmm. wait to see like what's what's happening. You know where where they're gonna go. Um, you know I like watching Titman. Um, but yeah, like I I I'm I don't know. I just feel. Well, like I'm, I'm just you gradually know, being pushed into casual fan mode. Yeah, yeah. Well, when um, you know, like the first round pick, and we've—I really don't want to beat this dead horse, but like I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it a whack. Um, like Will McDonald, great, super athletic player, but like this front is so deep. Like where, where, and when is he supposed to see the field? Like there's just not a lot of space for him. And like, you know, back to the point, like, I get it. I get it. I get it. We don't draft for need. We don't draft for need. We don't draft for need. That's bad. That's bad. But like, there are more people in NFL circles saying, look, sometimes you just draft for need. Like it doesn't, doesn't matter. Yeah, we, like, we've got what <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's like when you've got a, you know, approaching 40 year old quarterback uh, on your roster, that's ma- there for one, maybe two years maybe a good opportunity to draft for need, right? Even if it's a luxury need, it's still a need, whether it was wide receiver or whether offensive line or, you know, whatever, so, something else on the team that the team needed, as opposed to, you know, they've got just such a great pass rushing core, right? I think that's part of why it's, it, you know, I, I really like Will McDonald. I can't wait to see what becomes of him, but like, um, you know, you're not excited about him because you're not seeing those guys on the field, right? I mean, Tipman's exactly. injured, which sucks. And then McDonald just, can't get on the field because there's just too many good players ahead of him. And you know what? Maybe Bryce Huff leaves next year and we get to see, you know, they slide some people in and we, and we see more McDonald on the edge or something. I don't like, want that though. I'd rather them get rid of McDonald and keep, keep Huff. Like, um, I don't know, but yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. The defense is amazing. Guys, real quick. Uh, you, you know, the answer before I even ask you, but I'm going to ask you anyway, who had the better quarterback rating last night? <laughs> Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson uh, had the better quarterback. Thirty-three completions. Thirty-three completions. If you look at the, if you look at the stat line, yeah. I would have figured that, that Justin Herbert lost the game. Hundred percent. Yeah, and that that's just evidence, right? Like it's just evidence of where we're at. Is that, <laughs> and this is where, like, you know, we're in group chats. We we got a lot of Jet fans around us, and there will be the faction of Jet fans who are like. It's not his fault. He went 33 for 49. Like they're putting him, he's passing the ball and blah, blah, blah. He didn't throw an interception bubble. And it's like, Hey, you're not, you're not paying attention. You're not watching the game. You don't see the brokenness. You're not a serious so, person. I'll treat you seriously yeah. when you act serious. Yeah. You you're are unserious. an unserious person. I encourage you watch UConn, North Carolina at MSG with me. That's what I would encourage you to do. <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, Guys, you never put any yuck in my yum, so I, I appreciate yes. it. And uh, and and fans, uh, listeners, thanks for thanks for not putting any yuck in our yum. We we appreciate you. Appreciate listening. Um, make sure to rate and review the podcast. We will be back next week after another prime time game for the New York Jets on Sunday night. They're going <laughs> to take wait. on the Oakland Raiders in Las uh, Las Vegas. Um, I'm sure the gang is going to get a chance to go. Uh, see the sphere and uh, and see you too. I, I should hope they get to go on on Friday night or Saturday night or something and really really rock out to to you two at the sphere before their game because I don't know guys I'm not I'm not having a very good feeling about that game. Um, anyway, we'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll see you after the Raiders. Bye bye. <laughs>